Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Let's get to the message. You excited? We get to preach this morning, man. Yeah. We, so if you have a Bible, you're going to want it. And uh, uh, we're going to go to the book of Mark in just a few moments. Now, the last couple weeks, uh, people have been so generous to us and so kind to us. And we've been, you know, laying down. And I have a few favorite shows I love to watch. And I, I don't know about you, but I like comedies lately. And and I've just, one of my favorite shows is Impractical Jokers. Don't judge me. And uh, if, if you've never seen it, it's the greatest show in the world. But I remember, in a, and I'm watching it. And have you ever been sick in bed? And after like like two hours of watching a show you like, you're just like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, you're just like tired and sick and tired of watching TV and bored out of your flipping gourd. I've been there, all right? And so I'm, I'm laying in bed, and I realize all I have in life, it's not my wife, it's not my kids, it's not family, it's not church, it's not, all I have that really matters at the core of life is Jesus. Like literally, that's, that's all I was thinking about the last couple of weeks. And I thought, what if, you know, we had to bring Heather into uh, urgent care and, and she had a, a spot in her lung. They said, you know, it could be pneumonia. And I'm thinking like worst case scenario, what could happen and all of this. And, and I'm realizing without Jesus, I would have no hope. I would have no faith. And, and yeah, there are all those times you doubt and you go, God, why is this happening to us? Or, you know, why do we have those things? Yes, that happens to even pastors. Okay. And, and we're asking those questions. And I have this realization that literally nothing else matters other than Jesus. Amen. Like literally, I, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe, maybe you're not a Christ follower in here. Maybe, maybe you're new or you're a skeptic. I just want you to know you're, you're in a good place because I've been there, man. And I just want you to know that Jesus sees you. He wants to answer those questions. And so I want to, I want to dig into the word and we're doing this series called the Jesus files the next few weeks. Now, usually once a year, I do a, a series on the Holy Spirit and that was the plan for October. In fact, we were going to do a series called Stranger Things, and I wanted to look at, you know, what does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? That's one of our values as an Assemblies of God church. What, what do we look at with, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, and how does that work? And that's all great, and yet I had this revelation that without Jesus, none of that matters. Here's why. You know, Paul talks about in the book of Corinthians, he says, you know, I can speak in tongues, I can, I can raise the dead, but if I don't love, it doesn't matter. And we realize that we first love because why? He first loved us, okay? That's why we love in the first place. And so I had this revelation that, yeah, the Holy Spirit is very powerful, and we need the Holy Spirit, and we want the Holy Spirit to convict us, to love us, to lead us, to guide us, to be our counselor. But the foundation is on Christ. The foundation is what he has done for you and I. And I know that might sound like super simple, but I think the Bible is supposed to be that way. I think it's just a simple message that we're called to accept. We can reject it if we want. There's no one forcing it down. But I just want you to see how awesome Jesus is. Just as Lisa was preaching about that last week, I want to see it in a different light today. And so sometimes I think about this. I think about like, what if Jesus was hanging with us today? Like, like in, in person, right? I mean, he's with us. Don't get me wrong. But like, like, let's just say he's like standing up here next to me. He's got my you know, hand over my shoulders and well, what, what about this? What if we went back to like disciple days in the Bible and, and I'm just hanging with Jesus? Like we're, we're going, you know, to the local you know, fire pit, hanging out and, and we're just chilling. You know, we got our sandals and our togas on together. Yeah. And uh, we're just, we're just chilling. And like, what does that conversation look like? I, I love imagining what that would be like. What would he say to me? And, and would I, sometimes I judge the disciples 
When I read about the disciples and how they receive what Jesus said, I'm like, you guys are morons. Like, you missed it. And I'm thinking, I'd probably do the same if I was in their shoes. I would probably not understand fully what he was trying to declare or show me biblically. And so I think, what would that be like if we went and just hung out with him, you know? And there's a few times I've read what Jesus said. And I don't know about you, if you've read like the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, the the four gospel accounts of Jesus' life, there's certain stories in there. And this is the Jesus files, because I want to look at a couple of them. Because when I open up a few of them, I'm like, what are you doing, Jesus? Like, like, what are you doing? And, and, and let me ask you this question this morning. The last couple of weeks, I've asked him that question. Like, what are you doing in our life right now, Jesus? Why, why is this happening to us? Anybody have that before? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody? All right. And so I think what I want to do is I want to paint this picture of the reality of Jesus is not just some Bible character from thousands and thousands of years ago that's obscure and, and he's, you know, he's this Caucasian dude with long hair. I don't want you to see that, okay? That, that's not Jesus. Jesus was a Middle, Middle Eastern man, but he was fully human and fully God, and he came for a purpose and a reason. And we look at that and we go, what, what was the reason? And there's one story that I want to pick on today. I want to unpack with you today. And so we're going to go to Book of Mark in just a moment, chapter 11. But let me kind of set this up here. The disciples are hanging out. I picture a fire pit. I don't know if they were around a fire or not, but they're in the city of Bethany. And, and they're listening to Jesus and Jesus' stories, and they all get together. And, and here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus gets a hankering for some White Castle, man. Okay? No, he, he says he gets hungry. Jesus, hungry. What, what, isn't he God? Can't he just, like, fulfill himself? Yeah, he doesn't. And so Jesus, with his disciples, says, hey, we got we to gotta get some bread, man. We got to go get some food, dude. We need something. Like, we need some sustenance. And so... The first thing that I read is Jesus is hungry. And I'm like, what the, what? That, that doesn't make sense. Isn't he the bread of life? How can this be? And then the next thing he does as they walk together to go get food, Jesus is you know, going, hey, let, let's go to this tree and get some food. And, and shouldn't Jesus know what was happening to this tree already? Because he's God, right? And so I have all these questions, and I want to unwrap this story. So uh, go ahead and put it up. Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14. <coughs> it says, the next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was, yeah, he wanted a white castle. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf. I want you to think about that, in leaf. We don't think about that often. He went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Well, would Jesus know that? Okay. All right. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Okay, now just, just, all right, seriously, okay? Think about this for a moment. You're hanging with Jesus. You're just roasting marshmallows with him. Now he wants Burger King, and, and you're on your way to the fig tree. And you get by it, and Jesus goes up to it. It's all leafy green. It looks wonderful, but there's no fruit on it. And Jesus like, nobody ever eat fruit from you again. I don't know about you, but, but what's happening if you're a disciple of Christ right there watching this take place? Like, let's be real. The, the reality is, you're probably questioning if this guy is really the Lord, or is he a lunatic? Like, why is he saying this? What is going on? And, and maybe, I, maybe, maybe not 2,000 years ago, maybe just in 2021, you would have been offended. I don't know. I mean, maybe he just wasn't doing it the right way or the left way. <clears throat> maybe maybe he, he, you know, he was maybe he just wasn't doing it the way you thought he should have done it. Or maybe 
you thought, you don't know that you're God, and, and you must not be God, and so you get offended. Can I Just a little quick side note, and I've said this before. If you are not getting offended, you probably don't have a relationship with Jesus because he will offend you because he wants you. It's like peeling back the layers of your heart because he wants all of you. doesn't care about your sin, doesn't care what you've done. He just wants you. That's what he wants. And, and we realize this in the story as we go on, but they could have been offended. You know, I, I might have even told Jesus, because I'm kind of a bold kind of guy. I might have gone up to Jesus and be like, um, you did it wrong, dude. Like, like, if you're God, you created this. You know that doesn't have fruit right now, just some leaves. What's your problem, bro? Like, you know, and, and Jesus probably would have taken me aside and had a come to Jesus meeting. Anyway, um, I would have even questioned my faith. Like, God, you're not doing it in my box. You're not doing it the way that I read in the Old Testament and the Torah. And it's, it's what are you doing? And, and here's what the other thing that I would have done, you know, like, like eventually Jesus goes to the temple a little bit after this. And, and I would have taken the other disciples like Mark, Luke and John and, and the other ones. And I would have been like, Hey, let's go talk for a while. And I would have started talking about Jesus behind his back and not in a positive way. You know, not that that ever happens in the church, you know, talking about stuff, but I'm just saying like 2000 years ago, you just start talking and you're like, well, this happened. I can't believe the pastor did this. And I, I can't believe that church did this and, and the church that offended me and this and that. And, and, and all of a sudden, you're down a path that God never intended us to be. And I think what happens is we have to realize what was happening at the time. And so we're missing a lot of context. And sometimes with our English and the way it was in the Greek, we miss some of the concepts that were taking place. And so I'm just going to unpack a few things this morning. You see, Jesus approaches the tree the fig tree, hoping to find fruit, okay? Figs. Now, I'm not a big fig lover unless it has Newton attached to it, all right? And, and even then, it's like, if that's the only cookie in the pantry, I'll go for it, you know what I mean? You know, it's, it's like, how many of you, like, fig Newton is like your, just your go-to choice? It's just not, all right? Maybe a few of you, you're crazy, but all right. And so, a fig tree in this context often produces, ready for this? I want you to catch this. It often produces figs before it produces the leaf. Think about that for a moment, okay? The, the little fig will actually start producing before the leaf will produce. And so it's been asked, well, well, how could our, our Lord expect to find figs? Because basically it was like the end of March. Well, figs were ripe in Judea as early as the Passover. And so Jesus isn't as crazy as we think. We just miss some of that in the context. So I have just, just a few thoughts that I want to unpack this morning as I've been you know, kind of stirring this message through the last few weeks about what I wanted to preach when I was able to come back today. And so, you good so far? You with me? All right, so we're going to unpack this fig tree story, and it's going to wreck you. That's my, that's my prayer. In fact, let's pray right now. God, I just pray that this story wrecks us in such a good way. God, that you are it. You are the only one that matters in our life. Lord, everything else just pales in comparison to how awesome you are and who you are. Lord, we don't have the gospel without you. We don't have eternal life without you. We don't have the conviction of sin without you, Lord. And here you are living your life 2,000 years ago on this planet and still with us today. And so we just want to say thank you, Lord. You, you call yourself our brother in Scripture, and you've come to give us life and life to the fullest. And so would we see that through this story today of what you want to show us? Amen. I'd say in Jesus' name, but it was like already in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? So anyway, all right. Some of you got that. All right. See, what I realize is Jesus is in control of this situation, isn't he? Total full control. No doubts. Jesus has no doubts. 
See, God shows his control through situations we can't control. Okay? He shows his control through situations we can't. The the disciples, they might have said stuff. They might have been offended. But they can't control the fruit on that tree. They can control what Jesus was doing. And what's ironic is this. Okay? You see, they, the disciples didn't have any control over whether Jesus blessed the situation or cursed the tree in this situation. And Jesus, having total control of everything, this is the ironic part of salvation. He still gives us a choice to surrender. He doesn't force it on us. You know, we're, we're not here like slamming people over the head. In fact, this year I got to go to the state fair a few times. Thank you, Jesus. And, and while I was at the state fair, there were some people handing out tracks. If you don't know what a track is, it's like this little little piece of paper that you know tells you about the you know salvation, about Jesus. And I'm thinking, wow, this is crazy. And and then I get up and I haven't seen this, I don't know, maybe once in my life, and there was a gentleman on the corner of Larpenter and Snelling yelling at the top of his lungs, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. If you don't repent, you're going to hell. Now now here's where I'm at today, and I'll just say this. I don't know that that works really well. Um, it's just my own opinion that that's correct. And, and the thing is, what I realize is we don't want to force anybody out of emotion. We don't want to force anybody out of guilt or out of shame, you know, to ever receive Jesus. And he doesn't do that. Yet he's in full control and gives us, gives us free will to decide, will we serve him? Or not. Now, every ounce of my being wants you to. I'm going to give my life for you to do that. I'm going to share that with as many people as I can because I want you to have eternal life. I want you to have life and life to the fullest. But Jesus does not force it upon us. He never will. And that's the coolest part is because he gives us that grace. Even though he's in perfect control. And, And here's the deal. With his control, when we give him control, when we say, God, I accept your control over my life, his timing's perfect, right? His timing's perfect. His ways are perfect. His grace in our life is perfect. His purpose for my problem is perfect. Okay? He has a purpose for my problem. Okay? He has a purpose for my pain. He has all of that figured out. And see, here's the deal. God is the perfect answer to any pain, and he's the perfect praise to any blessing that comes your way. All right? That's who he is. And here he is with the disciples. They're hanging out. Some scholars believe that the tree looked like it was supposed to have fruit on it. We, we, I believe that because of the leaves. You know, it's leafy. It looks really good on the outside. Looks really good at first glance. But then as Jesus gets closer to it, because he's hungry, you know, he wanted a white castle, gets up to it, there's no fruit on it. So it looked good at the beginning. And then he realizes there's no fruit on this. There's no, it's just leaf. It's just leaves. And it's not producing what it's supposed to. God, help me never to get to that point. But I'll always be a fruit producer. Amen? Amen? You see, you realize that you and I are called to produce fruit. Now, now let, let's explain that because that's kind of a Christian-y thing that we talk about, producing fruit or bearing fruit. And, and I don't mean like you're just all of a sudden going to pop out strawberries or something. That's not what I'm saying, Okay. What I'm saying is this, a real, real simple way to think about it is this. Bearing fruit biblically really equals yielding results. Okay? That's all it means. You're yielding results for him. Now, now you could be like, well, well, what does that look like? And that could be, yielding results could be like 
no longer living in the habitual sin. You know, the results could be seeing people around you come to Christ because they're excited about what God is doing in your life. You know, the results can look so many different ways. You know, I look at it like this. You have addition results and you have multiplication results. See, the addition results are like, if, if you picture yourself like a fig tree, okay, and you have figs or, or you, you see a tree, you can go up to it and you can eat the fruit. All right, an apple tree right now. We're in, you know, October. We're harvest time, man. It's apple orchard time. You go up to that apple and you can pick it and you can eat it because that tree produced something so good. Now that's, that's what I call addition. All right. That's addition results. That's yielding addition. Now you can addition, besides addition, there's multiplication. Well, how do we multiply that? What did the tree produce? It produced an apple. And at the core of that apple is what? What do we do with them? We plant them. We water them. But who makes it grow? Not us. And so here's the crazy part about fruit. You can't make yourself bear fruit, but you can make yourself be faithful. When we're faithful, he is fruitful. And so that's how we produce the fruit. We can't just be like, all right, Lord, I want to be a banana tree. You know, I want to produce coconuts, Lord. Can't do it. Lord, I want to be strawberries. It doesn't, that's not the way it works. It's like, God, I'm going to be faithful to you no matter what, but I pray that my life produces fruit that you want it to, whatever that looks like. I don't know what it'll look like. Maybe for you, it looks different. Maybe the fruit you're called to produce and multiply is with your family. Maybe it's with the business leaders that you lead. Maybe it's with, with other pastors or other leaders. We don't necessarily know, but we know we are called to produce fruit. We, we see this, John chapter 15, verse 8. It says, this is to my Father's glory that you do what? Okay, say, oh, we don't have it. All right, can we put that up there? All right, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Okay, yielding results. Showing what? Ourselves to be his disciples. You want to know you're a disciple of Christ? You'll bear fruit. Okay, if we don't bear fruit, well, am I a disciple of Christ? Every Christian is called to bear fruit. You see, that fig tree puts forth, ready for this? The fr- fruit or leaf, what came first? The fruit does, right? Okay, part of it. That would be known as a first fruit. Okay, then afterwards, the leaves. All right, indeed, this tree and the climate was proper with, for it to have fruit all year long, actually. You know, and I look at this, I think a lot when I think of first fruits of giving. Uh, my wife and I, we, we've been giving for years, and, and we give our first fruits. So in other words, before we pay taxes, before we pay anything, we give a tithe. We give 10% of whatever our gross income is before anything else. And, and usually it's just automated, and we, we do this because we don't want it to become like a religious thing, and it's not a salvation thing. You know, it is a biblical thing, and what we did is, is I will, I will write it into our check register, us giving, and I'll pray, and I'll be like, God, thank you that we get to, to give to the bridge. Thank you that we get to do this. And it's not something we feel we have to do, but we get to. And that's why we say all the time there's no guilt in, in giving in our church. We just ask you to ask God what he would have you to do. But that's, that's our first fruit. It's giving something up first to him. You see, that tree, it didn't fulfill its purpose. The tree, okay, just stood there as leaves, looked great on the outside, but again, it wasn't producing the fruit. So Jesus simply eliminated an unproductive tree. But how did he do it? Did he chop it down? He didn't chop it down with, the, with an axe. What, how did he eliminate it? It was through faith. This is what's really interesting. Okay, he did it through faith. And Jesus takes this story, this incident, to teach his disciples and all of us even today, that the outward appearance does not count with God. Amen? 
Okay, it's inside what really counts. And, and it's, whether, it's whether or not are we producing fruit for him? Are we yielding the results that God wants for our life? Let, let me put it plain. I, I like it like this. I just like to say it like this. God wants spiritual fruits, not religious nuts. Okay? Amen? How many have met the difference? I'm not going to say any more than that, all right? If you haven't met a religious nut, never mind, I'm not going to go there. All right. You, you are the, no, all right. So here's what's crazy, and I love biblical stories. And, and uh, a couple years ago in the, in the deep Bible study, we went through the book of Mark. And if you're not familiar with the book of Mark, the book of Mark packages stories and parables like a sandwich. And so in the middle of the sandwich is usually the main point. Okay, and this is just Greek writing that they used in, in the book of Mark. It's used quite often. And so right here, after the fig tree, we're kind of left hanging. Like, what happened? You know, we don't see if Jesus did anything to the fig tree left. Okay, you got to remember, what, what did Jesus say? He just goes up to him and says, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Now, did it happen? Did, did the tree just wither right then? No. No, what did Jesus do? Well, it was Palm Sunday. He went to the temple. Jesus goes to the temple. He's, he's ticked at the temple. He sees it being, you know, run not the way it's supposed to be. He's realizing the faith, the old way and the law. It's not working at all. Well, that's the main point is he's going, hey, this is not working. We want Christianity. We want the new thing, which is him, to actually produce fruit in our lives. And so that's the, that's the main point. So he goes to the temple. He sees it's being abused. And Jesus was showing that his church was not being the way it was supposed to be. Now, I pray that our church is being the way that we're supposed to be. Not, you know, Big C Church, the Bridge Church, whatever. But rather than the religious people of that day be like, yes, Jesus, thank you for your correction and your rebuke. We're so grateful you came to the temple and told us we were doing it wrong, Lord. That's just not the way it went. In fact, they, they crucified him, you know, and, and they killed him because they said, you, you say you're God and, and you're you know, politically insane and all these things. Well, what we realize is our journey isn't about doing all these things at the temple. It's not looking good on the outside. In fact, the point of the fig tree is to realize it's about the fruit we're called to produce. Okay? In other words, our journey with Christ is supposed to be just that. It's a journey of faith. When we're faithful, he's fruitful. And so do we have faith in Christ? Maybe it's, you know, he says just faith is a mustard seed is all it takes. You know, I love the scripture where it says, God, I believe, help my unbelief. Maybe that needs to be your prayer this morning. You see, because when we have that journey, when we have that faith walk, you know what God does? I'll put this on the screen. God will take you places you don't understand to bring you places where he wants you to be. He will do that. He will take you through that journey. He will take you through those, those times and those places, you know, we're celebrating over 11 years as a church today. And, and some of you weren't here in the beginning. Some of you were. And I'll tell you what, man, we, we went through some tough times and some crazy times. But we didn't realize what God was doing in our lives about 13 years ago. 13 years ago, ended up being a youth pastor down Eden Prairie with a great church family. And this church family invested into us heavily. They paid for us to go through leadership curriculums and different things. And we had no idea we were coming back to our hometown to, to start a church. No idea. Like, we even said we're not church planners. That, that's for crazy people. Like, we, we don't want to start something. Like, we'll take something and help it. But, no, I, we had no desire to do that. And, and here I was 
And I'll share more of the story at the intro dinner, you know, in just a few minutes. But we were up at Lake Geneva Christian Center where we go and bring our kids up to camp. And I was sitting there that morning and I was praying because we had some situations happening at the church we were a part of. And, and for us, we wanted to be part of the solution, Lord. Help us, help us figure out how to help the pastor, how to raise his hands, how to be a blessing. And, and I don't know if God speaks to you like this, but usually it's like, I, I just know that I have to do what he's putting on my heart. And you ask others to affirm it. It wasn't audible, but it was the closest thing I've ever had to God speaking audibly. And God just spoke to us. He said, I'm calling you to plant a church. And so I, what does anybody do? Well, you call your wife, right? And I, I remember calling Heather. If, if you know the story, I, I called Heather and I said, honey, honey, I, I think God is talking to us about planting a church. And, and our marriage usually, and correct me if I'm wrong, God will show me something ahead usually. And so I called Heather and said, I'm so excited to plant the church, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, yeah, maybe someday. <laughs> like, yeah, like, not yet. Like that, that, that time out, that's scary, you know? And, and now she hadn't gone through what I had just gone through. And we, and we spent the next few months and the next couple of years going through assessments and different things and trying to figure out how to, how to pay for a church, how to do it, how it all works. Cause we'd never led a church before, but I'll tell you what, without the leadership of that church down in Eden Prairie that invested and poured into us, it would have never prepared us for what came. And so I want to honor them. They, they poured into us and we didn't know it at the time. And maybe you're in a business right now, or maybe you're in, you know, something in, in your life, or maybe it's school and, and you have people pouring into you or you're going, why am I in this right now? Why am I walking through this? That's that faith journey. Be faithful and you will see God produce fruit through you. Amen. Amen. All right. Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 21. Here's the, here's the rest of the story. So remember, Jesus cursed the fig tree, goes to the temple. It's the next morning. Now, this is after maybe we were offended, after we thought, Jesus, you're crazy. We don't know. Next morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. <gasps> Peter remembered. I love Peter, man. Peter, Peter's like my favorite person in the Bible. He said to Jesus, this is Peter, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Like Jesus didn't know, you know, like Peter's like, Jesus, look what you did. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of like football commentators, you know, where you watch a guy run 10 yards and the commentator's like, and that guy just ran 10 yards, you know, or they kicked the ball away. That guy just kicked the ball away. I'm like, anybody can be a sports commentator, right? All right. Anyway, that's, that's just me. Peter just says the obvious all the time. It's like, Jesus, look at that tree you cursed. It's not there. Withered. It's dead. It, I don't know how Jesus responded, you know, like, like I think Jesus in the back of his mind, I got to believe is like, oh, Peter, like, I love you, Peter, but dude, I know, like, I'm God, you know, like, I, I get it, I see it. But what did he do this for? He made the fig tree an example. He made it an example. Not to the trees. It wasn't like, you know, the other trees weren't scared. <laughs> oh, no. But to the people of that generation, you know, it was, it was a figure, it's a little deep here, but it was on the doom of the Jewish church at that time to which he came seeking fruit, but he didn't find any. See, when Jesus looks at me, I want him to find fruit. I don't want it to be an empty show. That's what I want for you too. When Jesus looks at you, I want him to find fruit. What kind of fruit are you producing? Are you producing fruit? If not, why? God wants you to be filled with him and to produce fruit. John chapter 15, verse 5. I love what Jesus says here. He says, I am the vine. 
you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will you'll yield results. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do we bear fruit? How do we do it? You know, is it, is it a, you know, when you go through pastoring and, and church planting seminars, there's all these like strategic growth things. And, and honestly, sometimes I just want to burn them. I just want to burn them. And, and here's why. There's nothing wrong with them. But if we don't realize that it's Jesus that brings the fruit rather than our strategic plan, I think we're missing the foundation of our entire faith. You know, we're not called to be, I don't know if it was Ted or Derek earlier, you know, during service said, you know, oh yeah, it was you saying the, the guy with the gauges, right? The, the ear. What, what did you say again? Yeah. Right. The, you know, we, we could be a bar and hang out, you know, and, and, so what's the difference? The difference is that we bring Jesus with us wherever we go. We're, we have the hope for the world, all right? The hope for the world is, is not in a martini, all right? It's not in a teenager with gauges. Well, it could be if he's a Christ follower and he's preaching Jesus, okay? But I think we have to remain in him. We want to bear fruit. We remain in him. Maybe for you, it's, you don't feel like you're remaining in him. Maybe you're you know, doing it on your own effort right now. I've been there. Maybe you're, you're having doubts. I've been there. Maybe you're going, Jesus, I don't even know if, if you look at me the way that I want you to anymore because I've messed up. I've been there. More recently than I want to admit, I'm not going to be as vulnerable as Lisa was. All right? So, how do we remain in him? How do we do that? Well, this is the crazy ironic part of faith. You just have to be. Well, I got, I got to read my Bible. I got to read this many chapters. I've, I've, got, to, I've got to go through it. I got to make sure my prayer life is up and it's got this. And I'm going to a small group. I'm going to church. No. No, we get to come to church. We get to go to a small group. We get to be a part of that. We get to go to the intro dinner, all that. But that's not what brings salvation. It's simply remaining in him. It's the most simple but yet most difficult message for us to realize because when we, when we realize our bad efforts and our good efforts have no merit in his love and salvation for us, then we understand the gospel message. Amen? You with me? You see, how do we know we're in him? How do we know we're remaining in him? We're yielding results. We're bearing fruit. We see the things he talks about in his word. Are we loving? Are we gentle? It's really easy to know if we're bearing fruit by even going on social media and looking at your post. You'll know right away. Oh, yeah, I've written some too, and I've deleted them, man. I'll tell you what. I've wanted to send my politicians a few letters. I know you haven't, just me, all right? But then I go, what is, what is your call for me on to do, Lord? It's usually pray for them. I don't like that. I don't want to be honest with you. I want to curse them. I want to tell them they're wrong. And then I read my Bible and my Bible, man, just does the opposite of what my flesh wants to do. And it says, pray for them. And it's not like the Southern prayer, you know, Oh, God bless your soul. No, it's not like that. You know what that means, right? That, that like means go to hell is what they mean in South. All right. And like the, they're not saying it. what they're, what we want is we want to realize, am I being like Jesus? Am I being like his word says? You see, a Christian that does not produce fruit 
is not just a moron, it's an oxymoron. Okay? You see, Christ died for you in public, so don't live for him in private. You're called to not just produce fruit for you, but for those around you. Live in such a way that those who know you, but don't know God, will come to know God because they know you. We all have people in our life, and if they're looking at you, imagine something different about you. You get to share what that difference is. Now, the scary part is if you're living around people and they're not saying that, why? Because I want them to see a difference in me. I hope they see that difference. I want them to. Because of my faithfulness and his fruitfulness. You see, fruit tree growers know a little bit about fruit, okay? And, And a little bit of the fruit will usually ripen before the main crop. It's referred to as that first fruit, the first ripe, you know, fruit before all the fruit comes. And so when Jesus approached that fig tree, it was the time for the first fruits of the fig. But it was not yet time for the main harvest. That's what I want you to catch with this. Our lives are meant to be fruit-filled for him. Looks different, and we might see little things along the way, but he calls us to be faithful even when it's not going the way we think it should. Okay? Because I don't know what God's doing in the world right now. Maybe you don't either. But here's what I do know. He's faithful. He's in control. He sees everything perfectly. He sees the big picture. He knows. And so what my job is, is to remain in him. That's it. It's that simple. God, we thank you this morning that you love us and that we get to remain in you. I thank you, Lord, for stories like the fig tree that Maybe offend me at first and then I realize how awesome you are because of it. Because you're God and you're showing that in a loving way. You're wanting our hearts. You're wanting us to produce fruit. You're wanting us to yield results as Christ followers. Lord, I don't know what that looks like, but you call us to be faithful. Maybe that's give to somebody in need. Or maybe maybe that's tithe for the first time. Maybe that's sharing my faith with somebody and that's scary. Maybe it's giving up the the sin I'm so addicted to. Maybe it's just a realization of your love. Maybe it's to stop striving. But God, I pray that you would produce fruit in my life and the lives of every person here this morning as we remain faithful in you. God, and if there's anyone here that has not chosen a relationship with you, would they do that before they leave? And that's just simply by believing in your heart that Jesus died for you, that he came, he lived, he was resurrected into heaven, and by the power of his Holy Spirit, you have eternal life when we believe in him. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you're the Jesus that loves us and gave his life. We love you, Lord. Today we give you full control, individually and as a church. Thank you, God, for the 11 years we get to celebrate so far. And God, the best is yet to come. And we just give that to you and we surrender to that to you today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.